Welcome to your journey to greatness through routine, a podcast designed to help you build a success routine. My name is Michelle Steffes, and I'm author of the book, and I'm excited to come to you today with more insights and ideas to accomplish your success routine, because it's not the big things we do, but the little things we do every day that make the biggest difference. So let's get on with the podcast. We are still in our study on the science of staying happy, and we've been covering the neurochemicals of happiness. I hope you've been following us. We've given you a lot of information on dopamine, oxytocin, endorphins is going to be today, and then tomorrow we're going to hopefully finish out with serotonin in all the details of not only the consequences of being deficient in these neurochemicals that cause happiness or a feeling of happiness, but also, you know, the symptoms to look for and then how to reverse that. So how to, uh, you know, cause a neurotransmission that is necessary to release these happy neurochemicals so that we can feel good about ourselves. And honestly, a lot of this is common sense. It is is everyday activities that we catch ourselves up in doing that, you know, are, are either pushing us uh, towards happiness or, or taking us away from happiness. And, you know, when you add it all up, there's a lot of similarities in all four of them, but really there are some very specific uh, areas that you can work on for each one, depending on what your needs are and, and maybe what you're most efficient in. So you can you can really take some time to, you know, write some notes down and, and prepare a success routine that will help you to increase in each one of these as you need them. They're there for you. You have a pharmaceutical company in your body. And all you have to do is figure out how to manipulate that so that you can have those neurochemicals that are needed when they're needed, okay? So endorphins today are the pain-killing neurochemical. And so, you know, I've mentioned before, you know, somebody that is dealing with a, a serious illness such as cancer, you know, oftentimes they're recommended to exercise to release those endorphins. Well, exercise is not the only way that you can release endorphins, and I'm going to cover that today. But I want to go ahead and start with a quick intro on endorphins. They are chemicals produced by the body for the purpose of relieving stress and pain. In fact, they work similarly to to a class of drugs called opioids. Now, I know there's a big, you know, big deal on opioids right now. There's a lot of discussions about the abuse of opioids, and it's because people have gone to the artificial uh, the artificial production of things like uh, endorphins, oxytocin, dopamine. But it's n- it's really it's a not rocket science. And, and, and I've said this before when I started this out. I'm not trying to say that I'm a physician or that I'm trying to take the place of your physician. But you can produce these if you're willing to do the efforts to eat the right foods, to take care of yourself in a way that will keep this stuff from happening to you. Okay? So... In the 1980s, scientists were studying how and why opioids work, and they found that the body has special receptors that bind to opioids to block pain signals. The scientists then realized that some chemicals in the body acted similarly to the natural opioid medications, binding to the same receptors. Now, these chemicals they found were called, guess what? Endorphins. Yes. In fact, this is how endorphins got its name. Uh, It came from the words endogenous, which means from the body, and morphine, which is an opioid pain reliever. In fact, I mentioned this before as well, that they found that endorphins are 300 times more powerful than morphine. So what better than to use what's already in your body, okay? So you've got endogenous, you've got morphine, that equals endorphine. (laughs) 
So natural endorphins work similarly to opioid pain relievers, but the result may not be as dramatic. However, endorphins can produce a high that is both healthy and safe. So uh, moving on down the line here, you know, one study states that exercise can improve symptoms of depression. Uh, then And they act very similar to the antidepressants. So uh, some symptoms of endorphin deficiency would be chronic pain, especially in the back or neck. Now these may or may not be the cause of the lack of endorphins, but they certainly are a possibility. Chronic headaches and migraines, pain-killing medications don't really help you. Um, you may be very emotionally sensitive, which, you know, that's also a symptom of being lacking in dopamine or oxytocin. And we're going to talk about serotonin, too, being a possibility there. So there's that overlap. Uh, you may have a very low pain threshold. You may be light, uh, light, to, light touch, lo- loud sounds, and bright lights can trigger it. Um, tendency to tear up very easily. And again, this could be related to the other neurochemicals. Not having fun in life, depressed, craving pleasure foods. Uh, too much, junk foods too much, sugar too much. You may have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, okay? And if you have, all right, fibromyalgia symptoms, the common ones are long-term pain throughout the body, tender spots that hurt when they're touched, muscle stiffness, fatigue, low energy, sleep problems, and there are others as well. So people with fibromyalgia may have lower than normal endorphin levels. In fact, one study found that people with fibromyalgia had lower levels of endorphins than those without the condition, and they measured endorphins both before and after exercise. So they really covered the gamut on that, okay? And back to the uh, the, the headaches, okay, for that matter. Uh, ongoing headaches is, is uh, you know, basically due to ab- abnormal endorphin levels. Some research suggests that the same endorphin imbalance that contributes to depression is also present in people who have chronic headaches. Is this all making sense to you? Okay, so the biggest factors reducing endorphin levels are things like chronic stress and adrenal fatigue, inadequate or ineffective sleep. Now, what have we talked about again and again? It's about having a routine. It's about staying up with your circadian rhythm, having the same amount of sleep every night, going to bed at the right time, getting up at the right time. Also, other factors are poor blood sugar stability. So eating junk foods, eating wrong, gut microbiome dysbiosis. Okay, so we talked about the health of the gut. Caffeine and alcohol consumption in excess. GABA deficiency, spinal subluxation, physical and emotional traumas, okay, which also, you know, are related to to, uh, depression. So um, I've I've been able to cover all those. Tomorrow I'm going to actually save the rest of this because we are out of time on how to raise endorphins, and then we'll probably be able to move into serotonin from there. So um, I'm going to go ahead and close out at this point. We have a lot of great stuff on how to raise your endorphins tomorrow, not just exercise, lots and lots of great stuff. So please join us for the podcast tomorrow. Make sure you share this with others, you know, especially if you know they're going to benefit from them. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. It's Michelle Steffes with your journey to greatness or routine. Looking forward to having you on the podcast tomorrow. Have an amazing day, and thank you for joining